just thinking that at any moment, this is going to just explode and everyone's going to dive into it. Hey, I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Today's guest is Superface, our Ethereum Beacon Chain Community Health Consultant. He is an amazing resource to learn everything about ETH staking and how to prepare for Ethereum's future. Welcome, Super Fizz, to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out. Hey, thanks, Rudy. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. This, uh, as, kind of, <laughs> as we said before, I look forward to uh, just meeting new people and hanging out. So this yeah. is an honor. Yeah, this is exactly what I want this to be. I just want to learn more about you and who you are and how you got into the whole industry because I know you're doing so much right now with sharing knowledge of what ethereum staking is all about how it works and the transformation between eth1 and eth2 which is for everyone that doesn't know yet it's just the same ethereum and i know you push that a lot so i'll have to learn more about that but before we get into all the crypto stuff i want to know you know about you and how you got started in the industry and how you even first got into tech where were you when you were like a kid first seeing your electronic device oh yeah um I've always been obsessed with, uh, well, it was originally probably mechanical devices. Ah. Um, and, uh, you know, as I grew up, it became more electric oriented. And uh, so I would say um, probably in middle school, I was fascinated. I, I would, would sit in gym and talk with the other nerdy kids about <laughs> like, um, you know, we, di we didn't really know anything because you didn't have the internet then, but we talked about like risk processors and we didn't really know the language we were using <laughs> but we would still try to you know just chat and begin to understand what we could yeah if it made uh, sense to you guys then it's okay yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and so through those friends I, I became i got involved with the local bbs system and that's like uh, a bulletin board system and that was in you know the early 90s um, and i got connected there with some older like high school kids who knew more about computers um i ended up getting an amiga a Commodore Amiga computer. Oh, wow. Um, it was the yeah, Amiga 500, I think. Um, and, you know, running my own bulletin board system and just loving community. And I, I was probably a lot more trollish then. But um, <laughs> yeah, everyone is I, as I a just, kid. Yeah, yeah. I just loved um, interacting with people and uh, especially, you know, online. I, I was, I, I'm, I've always been most comfortable uh, behind a keyboard, uh, more comfortable than, yeah, I'm, I'm socially comfortable in general but i still prefer this mode of interaction mm -hmm. um, so it, yeah ever since middle school is it because more like behind a keyboard it's not necessarily behind a keyboard but the people you're talking to on that screen is very like-minded in the same way that you're trying yeah, to present I, and like try to engage in a community i do struggle finding um you know I, I don't i won't lie i enjoy echo chambers i enjoy being around people who think similarly to me i feel like i grow better that way mm -hmm. um, and also behind a keyboard i have more opportunity to think about what i'm saying uh, i have a tendency to maybe speak more quickly than i should mm -hmm. uh, and when i just the act of having to type it out causes me to slow down and be more uh more deliberate about what i'm going to say and i, I kind of like that yeah, that makes sense yeah for me it's the same way i kind of like speak before i think sometimes in public yeah. settings so i'm like when i'm like typing something out especially in a tweet i'm like wait a minute how do i really want to say this what do i really mean yeah yeah but that's beyond this um you know superfiz is, is a nice guy um and like my persona is being a nice guy but i'm also a real person and so you know there is like uh frustration and hot-headedness and foolishness that comes out uh, mm -hmm. and so 
um, I feel like I'm I'm better able to be the person I want to be behind a keyboard um, where I, I may struggle with that more in real life. Well, that's the thing. You're, you're like, uh, that's what I think of as a wholesome person. It's not necessarily that you're always kind, nice, generous. It's that you're just a real person who's genuine in what you're doing and saying and nothing you do is coming out as a like ill-intentioned it's just you're a real person there's no not being fake <laughs> but it's awesome well, that yeah wholesomeness is something that i i, I in some ways I, <laughs> I like steer away from the word like it's it's too warm and fuzzy but it is really my target and you know without knowing your background i i actually i guess i've seen you on twitter a few times um i i saw wholesome and i was like that that is a thing that that's i align with it like I, all right I don't, I don't have to know anything else we align let's do this um so i i like to reach for higher values um, it's not necessarily that i i always meet them but i think reaching for them is is really a good goal thank you so now now that you're in um in this industry now you're um i guess we were just talking about how you were in, in high school you were working with uh, high school senior, seniors about learning more about uh, new computers. Was this a driving point for you to say, okay, this is where I'm going to take my career, my education, or was this just filling in some weird interest it, and curiosity? It has always been an obsession with me. Technology, computers have always been an obsession. I've always been the computer guy. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I know that but, feeling. Yeah. Um, going to college, I, I, I had kind of a, a difficult transition, you know, between growing up in high school and college. And I, I really stumbled into college, um, literally, like more than I can even describe. And so I, I find myself in front of a, uh, a registrar and they're like, so what is your major? And I'm like, I have no idea. They're like, well, you're going to be in business. Um, and I was Still like, okay. something. so yeah. Yeah, I took business classes and I was like, this is, this is not me. I do not care about money <laughs> and transactions at all. I like people. So I switched to psychology then. Um, and so I, uh, I, I got uh, my bachelor's degree in psychology and I got a master's degree in, uh, in counseling psychology, uh, an educational specialist degree in school psychology and a master's degree in school administration. None of those are worth anything now. Like it was just- You paid for I, it, I, right? <laughs> I did, I did. I mean, it, is, it has helped me evolve as a person. Yeah. But all through that uh, and through, I worked as a school psychologist and a school counselor for 15 years. Um, I loved connecting with people, but I was also the guy who was like uh, writing software to make the school run more smoothly and mm -hmm. like uh, still obsessing over technology. Um, it, it was an itch that I never got scratched. Wow. And then, so you completed your college degrees and none of them are in any type of technical field? That's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Look at you now. It's like teaching people how to stick Ethereum. Well, it, it's great because I can relate to people who don't understand the technical concepts. Like... Uh, my my actual technical competency is pretty limited. I'm I'm a basic program, um, and so I do understand many of the big concepts because I've been doing this ten years, and so it really allows me to connect better with people who um, lack the technical concepts but relate well on a on a personal level. And that I mean that makes sense because that's that's the hardest part is like when you're trying to explain a topic that's just hard to understand. You have to be able to first create a relation trip or relation with the person you're trying to educate and teach so they can be on the same level as you and then grow from there. That's amazing. Um, so now that you're a, a counselor, is that the last position you're in before moving full-time into crypto or are you in full-time crypto now? No, yeah. So um, I left my, uh, my counseling job in 2018, in May of 2018, um, because at the time I believed that uh, staking was about to happen. Uh, and three years later, <laughs> it actually did. So, um, yeah, I left my, my work in 2018 and just sort of started looking around for 
but I'd already been involved in the community. I, yeah. I knew a lot of people, but I was looking for holes that needed to be filled. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where the ETH staker thing came around. And I mean, that's your business persona, right? Where you have to find gaps in an industry and fill them. To, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. have it in you. You just don't know you do. Um, but, but when was the first time you heard about, I guess, Bitcoin or Ethereum? Since you're always into tech, was it something that just was on the internet and you saw or like some friend came by, hey, Superfizz, this is the one, this is what you had to Oh, uh, yeah, into. yeah. So um, I, I've i always been on kind of Slashdot, Hacker News, mm-hmm. uh, Reddit, kind of why Com- uh, that's Hacker News. But why yeah, so yeah. I, I always, always, uh, you know, I, I would, I was the guy who left my job the moment it was over because that's what they're paying me for. Sorry, I thought my son was coming. Um, and I would go home and immediately spend, you know, my afternoon researching technology because that's what I cared about. Yeah. Um, and so I would say it was like April 2011. I was I saw on Slashdot. No, yeah, I have this written down somewhere because I forget so bad, so easily. Um, just this reference of Bitcoin digital currency, and I had known about uh, the work to kind of like like the Nick Sabo stuff, like the, like just the the attempts to bring a digital currency. Um, but when I saw that, when I was like, I saw Bitcoin and the word, the name just resonated with me so yeah. deeply. Uh, and so I, I essentially just uh, stopped everything that I was doing. And like, um, I wouldn't say from a technical perspective, but from like a semi-technical perspective, tried to get involved, mm-hmm. uh, which means I didn't understand the protocol deeply, but I wanted to mine it and get some and be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of how I got started. Yeah, it's for me. It was like my brother and his friends. They're older, and they were talking about Bitcoin. I'm like, and again, for me, like when you talk about tech, I'm like, I'm gonna invest as much time as I can because I was a kid. I had time to invest, but not money. But I remember just like reading about it, looking at Mount Gox and how to buy it, and like uh, Polonex and like first even. I think I remember Coinbase becoming a company. Like I remember them coming yeah, out. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that was nuts for that, me. Yeah. And it was yeah, like you said, it was like a, it's, a, it's a crazy gut feeling almost like this is something but i don't know how to point my finger or describe it just yet and i still have a hard time describing it but i, I have this hilarious like the night that i discovered it um so i, I didn't I, I didn't have any any real wealth then and our computers mm-hmm. were all like 15 years old um I, so i was still nerdy but my computer like and i had a lot of computer hardware it was just uh like ebay computer hardware like yeah. stuff that i was able to cobble together and so i didn't have anything that would actually successfully mine. But I still started with everything I could. I'm like, something it might happen. Um, yeah. But I went downstairs and I told my wife and I was like, there's this new thing. It's <laughs> going to be really big. People are going to be talking about it. Trust and me. And I, I sincerely believed, this is so hilarious. I sincerely believed that like the next day that it was just going to be everywhere. Like people were going to be chatting about it and, you know, clamoring for it. Uh, and I really felt that way for like the next probably six or eight months. Um, just thinking that at any moment, this is going to just explode and everyone's going to dive into it. So it was a surprise when every day I'm like, you know, no one has heard of this. Is it and, just and then, me? you know, pe- people would start mentioning it and I'm like, whoa, oh my God, you said that word, the Bitcoin word. Yes. I let's talk about this. So <laughs> that was exciting. That's, I mean, I agree. Cause like now it feels like everyone's talking about it because I go out. At like restaurants or if i'm just like walking around the park or something i sometimes hear like nft or ethereum or like they come like whoa this is becoming a little bit more mainstream like i used to just be me and like i thought i was like the only one with my close group of friends i would talk about it but that's so I, I can't tell if it's my bubble or if it's reality yeah like, it's tough to tell maybe it's just people who i know who have like mentioned it and 
we're all interconnected and like is it really outside of our bubble or is it just us <laughs> i mean our news feed's probably full of crypto stuff because of internet algorithms but oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome so you got you first heard about it you're like trying to i guess learn by mining and running these wallets on your hardware um that was the only way back then. You had to not download those like QT wallets and oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I still have a hard drive somewhere. Like there's no coins on it, but I still have the old like uh, the earliest version of, of the Bitcoin uh, uh, interface. And like yeah. the we used uh, what was the uh, the Pockle BM uh, Python OpenCL Bitcoin miner, mm-hmm. uh, and I still I still have like hard drives that have that stuff on it because it's so neat to look back and be like we've come so far. Yeah, we did. Now that you're saying that, it's like kind of funny how old wallets remind me of like dsl so you have to open the wallet wait for all the transactions to finish syncing and then you can start using it otherwise you just have to wait and i'm like now you just hop onto metamask or you just turn on your ledger or whatever it is and start sending away it's neat it gives that that time relativity illusion where like when we were there we were like one day things are going to be better and it seems like we're waiting a hundred years for it to get better and from that perspective it takes forever but then looking back it's like, wow, that came really, really yeah. quickly. Like how how fast things move. So it depends like your relative perspective of how quickly it happens. It's always an anticipation that gets you excited. Uh, <laughs> so now that you're you, know, you first learned about Bitcoin, this is what you're into. Uh, I know you're heavily into the Ethereum ecosystem now. So what, what made you like, when did you first hear about Ethereum and like how did that stick to you as like, oh, this is what's going to also become the next big thing. Yeah. So I right now, I, I happily describe myself as an ETH maxi um, with the caveat that if something better comes along, then I allow myself to uh, to switch. So I was a Bitcoin maxi when we had Bitcoin. Uh, and then I discovered ETH and I was an ETH maxi. And if something better comes along, I want to have the foresight to say, uh, this is better. I need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think I first discovered uh, Ethereum when I think it would be in, honestly, I think in our Bitcoin, um, reading something that Vitalik had written like in 2014. Um, and the, I guess the yellow paper started circulating. And to me then, it, you know, we had been through an altcoin season where there were thousands of altcoins. And yeah. I, I really, I like, I checked out every one of them. Um, and so I had developed this sense of what I would consider value. Uh, and I read, uh, I think, I don't know if it was the, there are so many colors. I think it was the uh, uh, Ethereum yellow paper maybe. And I was like, this is, this is really interesting. I don't understand any of it, but it's really interesting. <laughs> and so like, uh, I, I just, I kind of dove in and I acknowledge like there's all this talk of contracts and I'm like, I really, I know this is a big deal, but I don't know I don't know how it's going to apply. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like. And so I, was, I talked to my friends and I'd be like, look, I can't tell you how this works or what it is, but read it because it's really interesting. And I think it's going to be big. And they'd be like, well, we need to know why you need to illustrate for us. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I just know, like, I feel it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I was, I, I mined in the, uh, the Ethereum Olympic network, uh, Olympic testnet. Uh, and that's, that's really where I got most of my ether through um, testnet mining. Uh, and then you know, the network lost, launched, I guess, in June of 2015. Um, and I sold like everything at like 97 cents because it stayed Ooh. at 97 cents for maybe like five months. And I was like, I was wrong. I, you know, it looked great, but lots of things look great and just don't happen. It's okay. It mm-hmm. didn't happen. Uh, and so I, I like just unloaded my stash and uh, oh, man. it's like, I, I won. No, I did great. I mean, like, you I learned won. a lot. You learned a lot. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, gained. I, I mean, I, I you didn't lose. I, yeah, exactly. 
So, um, you know, th- after that, I, I didn't, I really moved communities from Bitcoin to Ethereum just because of the mentality of the communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had spent most of my time in our Bitcoin, but getting comfortable with places like uh, ETH mining and ETH trader back in the day, like those were places where I really felt more welcome. Um, and now, of course, that's ETH finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to where I spend my time, I'm more like more driven by a good community than I am by a good technology. And I love it when the, I find the, both of those in the same place. Yeah. And you're and you're a moderator for a lot of the subreddits of like ETH Finance, ETH Staker and, and Poops. And how, how did you get into that? You know, honestly, I'm not a, I'm not I don't consider myself a moderator at all. Okay. Um, I I don't love rules. I don't love <laughs> uh, like external like mm-hmm. enforcements. Yes. Uh, so I I'm much more a fan of encourage people to do good things and discourage them from doing stupid things. Like that's really my moderation. Uh, and so um, I think it, it's it's hard to say like so I, I'm a moderator of ETH Staker just because that's kind of the community that I develop. Um, and then through interactions with uh, Poap and ETH Finance. Uh, I was just kind of welcomed on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but I prefer communities where uh, there's a strong, healthy growth ethos and that community members are are, are really free to do within that what makes sense. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not the guy who's like deleting a thousand comments. <laughs> like it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't really work for me. I, in fact, my moderation is often uh, if I moderate it's on ETHstaker and I say, hey, we're so glad you're here. Um, but we have this ethos of being welcoming first and knowledgeable second. And it would be great if your future comments would kind of align with that. Like, ooh, that's the heavy hand of fizz. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like also a message to anyone else who's like reading, okay, this is how we want to align our our ethos. Uh, that's that's actually a pretty awesome way to do it, I think. It's like not just stopping, kicking out. It's also educating everyone else around who's watching. Uh Sweet. So now you're in heavily into the community. You're, le- you're like knowledgeable about Ethereum. We're still in the proof of work phase and you're reading about proof of stake. How did that make you feel initially? Because a lot of people, it's still like a back and forth between proof of work and proof of stake. And for me, sometimes it's easier to actually explain how proof of work works versus proof of staking. And yeah. I guess it's also a question for myself is like, as someone who educates people on proof of stake, how do you simply describe staking? Or how does that help the network any more than proof of work. Yeah, and that's one one of my favorite things is is trying to distill that to mm-hmm. like what are the fundamental concepts. Um, and the fundamental concept is that you post a bond um, to the network and say, you know, here's my thirty two ether. I promise to do accurate work. And the network's like, hey, he's putting a bond up. He's promising to do good work. Let's give him a shot. So you then have the opportunity to propose blocks. If if you're chosen, you can propose a block. And if you do a great job, uh, then you get a reward. And if you lie, you'll lose some of your ether. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, you also get to look at the work of other people and say, yes, this is true. Yes, this is true. It's like every six minutes, you get to look at someone else's work and say, are they lying or are they telling the truth? Uh, and so if they're doing a great job, you get the opportunity to uh, vouch for them and you get a tiny payment for that. Um, but if, you, if, you're, if you're not online, uh, then you will leak a little bit of your bond. Um, and if you lie, you'll lose a lot of your bond. That is, that's the simple way of it. Um, a lot of people don't understand why you would have to lock up your ether. And that comes to this problem called nothing at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, it essentially means that like, if you didn't lock something up, then you could do anything you wanted on the network and no one would have any reason to trust you. Yeah. That bond means um, you have something at stake so that people know you're telling the truth because 
there's also something that can be taken away from you if you lie. That makes sense. And that's actually very, very good to explain it too, because that's how I kind of try to explain it. But I think you articulated it <laughs> a little better. Um, thank you. And in your whole uh, work towards showing more of or explaining how proof of stake works was like you have a series of YouTube videos that are, again, amazing, definitely worth watching if anyone's listening. Um, is this like something you've started creating because it's again, more for the community or like, like you said, you're still learning yourself and you kind of didn't quite get it. So it was an opportunity to self teach while hopefully helping others. Uh, I, I do often understand that perspective of, I, I learn by, by teaching, but mm -hmm. for this, it's, it's more of, uh, just a passion for the network. Like I, I hate to say, I hate to use the L word, but I love the Ethereum network. Like I, I am so excited about the Beacon Chain. And as one person, the most that I can do for the Beacon Chain is is encourage other people to make it healthier and more robust. Uh, and that's, you know, I call myself the Beacon Chain Health Consultant. <laughs> like I, I want to talk to people about why it matters how you stake. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about like, there's just one of my favorite ideas is, uh, I struggle with this every single day. Is the network just a collection of of bits that has no uh, no morality, no conscience, no values, mm -hmm. or is the network really the group of people and their combined morals and values? Uh, and so, after struggling with that for a long time, I really feel like the network is um, a representation of the morals and values of the people that operate the network. Uh, the network is a manifestation of the operators. Uh, and so with that, like I want to educate people to make the best choices they can to promote the health and decentralization of the beacon chain. That is literally all I am. I want <laughs> I want to improve decentralization and health of the chain. So that's that's what I talk about. It's what I do. If if I move that needle literally one atom, then it's okay. Like it was worth it. I'm happy I did it. Yeah, and it is definitely working <clears throat> because yeah, you reference to often of someone to go look at or look, or look for or talk to just to understand more about staking because it is a it is a weird concept to understand in terms of like finance is weird to understand in general how we have it structured especially in the states it's like hard to understand investing getting dividends for investing in different bonds and etfs like i have you have to get a degree for this sometimes and now you're putting yeah, all that yeah. into technology and i'm like oh god this is even harder to explain because at least with one you can kind of see what's going on this kind of, this one's like you have to learn the programming or protocols to really understand it and yeah it's like yeah, what you're doing is definitely needed and definitely helping out uh, even for myself so thanks uh, it's, it's good like I, I would want someone to someone that, that other people trusted that i could look to and say what is the advice that person is giving and, mm -hmm. and that is, i try to be that person and i don't have to be that for everyone but if someone's looking for that, then I want them to have someone. And, yeah, and that's yeah, it's awesome. And, it's, and I'm excited to see uh, more videos come up. And I guess as you're looking at different, and right now, obviously, you said there's directly from the Ethereum's protocol, is 32 ETH that needs to be staked. I know a lot of projects are coming out trying to make that a little bit easier for people who don't have 32 ETH because, yeah, it's a lot of money now. Uh, not easy to get that. So people are like, for myself, who need to... Who, uh, want to stake maybe what they can which is i know a few projects that you work with is like rocket pool i know coinbase is coming out with staking stakewise is out there Lido is a bunch more is this like never-ending research for you and how, how do you feel with all these like, projects coming out and are you excited for any of them in particular uh, i would say I'm, I'm chomping at the bit 
Um, mm. And that is because like the first year of the Beacon Chain, um, there were no products that I could um, be excited about. Like, or not ex- I mean, that's not true because I was excited about them. <laughs> they just didn't meet this. They didn't meet my standard. Uh, and I hold a very high standard for what I believe is healthy for the network. And so there are a lot of these projects that got out of the gate as quickly as they could, and they began accepting funds. And while some of them are well-intentioned, um, I believe most of those products are uh, money-seeking. Like they they want to enrich their bags as quickly and heavily as they can. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's great. I think you know there are a lot of people who are in the space to make money. More power to them. I'm, I'm happy to support them. But when it comes to products that, um, as the Beacon Chain Health Consultant, I can say, this is a good choice. This is going to enrich you and it's going to enrich the network and I'm happy to support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket Pool is literally the first product that I can say, uh, this decentralizes the network. Uh, they are they have aligned goals. Um, they operate trustlessly. They'll never have access to your phone. Uh, and so... Um, it's odd because I know that for some people I come across as a rocket pool shill. And that's really not my goal. My goal is to be a decentralization shill. And mm-hmm. if you don't have 32 Ether, the next best recommendation is rocket pool. And the other products that exist, um, if they're right for you, that's great. Use them. But I'm not comfortable promoting them to other users. I do hope that in time they evolve and meet that minimum standard and exceed it. Because uh, I want things to get better. I don't want. Say, like, if we all stake with Coinbase and the network looks like yeah. this pie that is literally Coinbase, we don't have a decentralized network. We have a Coinbase network. And that's, I, I was going to say that's cool. That's not cool. That's nothing <laughs> I have any interest in. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, my goal is really just to promote decentralization. And Rocket Pool is the only solution right now for people with less than 32 Ether that actively decentralizes and promotes the health of the network. Wow. Sorry, I was <laughs> I like it. It's amazing to hear. Um, I'm passionate about it. Like, and and I'm tired of being ashamed of it. Like, I, people are like, "Ah, Fizz, you're just you're a rocket pool shit." I'm like, <laughs> "Well, I love it. Like, I talk about the beacon chain because I love it. I, I'm not. I don't have to stop talking about things that I love because you're tired of hearing about it. Like, yeah. maybe just turn me off. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> no, please stay on. Uh, but that's what like it's important because you know for me like the, yeah like rocket pool is an amazing one. I had um. Kirill from Stakewise on the show here yes. too, and he's he's great. And I think yeah, his um his work and his team's work is leading in the same direction. I think currently they're not fully decentralized, but they're definitely leaning towards that decentralization. And yeah, and I, I, I want to shield for them because I, uh, Stakewise is probably the next closest candidate to something that I could support. Mm-hmm. Um, I Kirill is fantastic. He's engaged with the community. They're on the right track. Um, the moment they meet that minimum standard, I am going to just. I might throw a literal literal party um, <laughs> because they're not they're not making wild claims. They're not you know there are products that are like we are the most decentralized product and they're not. Yeah. Uh, Stakewise is just doing good work, and when they meet that standard, I can't wait to paste their name at the top of of whatever eStaker and say this is this is an awesome opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 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 excited for them too. I think they're going they're gonna. If they do what they say, they're going to grow into something amazing too. Um, now that you're in the Ethereum community for a while, a crypto community, um, I know you work full-time crypto. It's a 24-7 job, but you also have a family. Um, like, How do you separate your time, your personal hobbies? <laughs> it's not a tough question. And like, how, yeah. do you, how do you keep like mental health in this industry? Because for me, it's like, I don't work, like, crypto isn't my 24-7 job, but 
it still feels like it's always on my mind and I have to step aside often to just take Rudy time, like get my own wholesome time. But what, what do you do? Yeah, so that's that's actually a great topic. And I, I, I'm excited to talk about it because, you know, my background, um, I don't like to think of it as mental health. Like, mm-hmm. yes, psychology. And yes, I was a, a counselor. Um, but as an adult now, like I see a therapist every couple of weeks. I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I want to, to work with people to normalize the idea of seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you have access to, um, then there's no shame in seeing a therapist every couple of weeks. Like I don't have a mental health disorder, um, but talking with someone and, and working through my goals and priorities um, is, is just really uh, a positive experience. For me. And one of the things that I talk with my therapist a lot about is uh, time management in crypto. It's really, it, it ends up being screen time yeah. um, because I, my wife loves to take pictures of me like <laughs> staring at my phone because I'm, I'm always like, Someone needs help on the internet. <laughs> and my Wait. wife is like, but the baby's crying. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll be right back. <laughs> and they're like, it's a terrible decision. <laughs> um, or, you know, he and I, my son and I will be playing Legos and I am, you know, having my face planted in the phone. Like, am I really engaged or am mm-hmm. I just like in some other world? So um, I do get out and exercise every day. I, I try to get, you know, an hour and a half of exercise, physical exercise every day. Um, but I acknowledge uh, the balance is difficult. And I've really been working on three three pillars that I think everyone understands: um, healthy eating, um, good exercise, and yep. good sleep. And so, you know, every night at eight o'clock, this is a lie. It's <laughs> a lie, straight out. Okay, <laughs> okay, go for it. Every night, I swear that I turn my phone off and leave it in my office and don't see it again until the next day. That is, that's the absolute truth. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is a lie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's my intention. How's that? Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I mean, like intention setting is important. Manifestation is important. Like you have to like sometimes write down this. These are my goals for the day. And yeah. if one of them is I have to turn off my phone at 8, 10, whatever. It's good to at least have that as a reminder. Because for me, it's like the same. Like, uh, I spend a lot of time like again, screen time. I'm, I'm like trying to work my regular J job and then also do these podcasts and edit and learn about crypto that I just have it's just it's hard to get it all in one shot and like i have to just sometimes to stop like you know what it's gonna be there tomorrow like i'm gonna still have to learn tomorrow (laughs) it's never gonna end so i I just kind of tell myself like enjoy it while it's here and don't worry about saving it for tomorrow well i thank you for your contribution like it is it is meaningful and i i know that it's it's an expense for you even if if you get rewards for it it is an expense for you uh so thank you for putting the time in it you know, we also have to, this is the difficult thing. Like we have to prioritize our family because um, mm-hmm. they're the real life people in the room. Um, and they see you, you every know, day. Yeah. I like, I love this interaction, but I should be more willing to put these interactions aside and focus on the people I live with. And it, it's just, it's something that I need to work on. It's probably something that like, um, it may be something I struggle with forever, but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. So I don't, I don't have any regrets. Yeah. As I, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like you have, like you also have to like live your best life and you have to live your best life with your family and make sure they're also having the best time in their lives and i think i think that's like you know you're, it sounds like you're achieving that which is what's what's more most important yeah i'd like a grand scheme i'm not saying everything. yeah sure sure <laughs> no, I, and, and it's, I, I acknowledge i i feel like i do pretty well i could do significantly better uh, like i understand the issues that i'm facing and i am actively tackling them mm-hmm. um that doesn't mean that i've I've won the battle, so that's yeah, okay. It is, and and now that you're in again in the crypto space so much, and this is what's taking up a lot of your time. Do you have any one that's like has influenced you into the in the, in the Ethereum industry or crypto industry, and how how is like 
your relationship with people that influence you the most? Yeah. Uh, so I would probably say I'm like, I'm going to forget somebody really important, but um, I would say that probably Danny Ryan and Patricia Werthalter have been my two biggest influences. They are the, the two guys that I look up to the most. Mm -hmm. uh, Danny is, uh, I guess you would call him the lead research implementation coordinator for whatever for, for ETH2. Uh, and just watching his progress, you know, over the past four years of, of working toward implementing the beacon chain. Um, and so he's one of the very few people that um, I, I think all of us are, are a bit of an egoist and I tend to be a bit of an egoist. But if I disagree with him, I don't exactly wonder what he's doing wrong. I wonder what I misunderstand. Uh, and so like you know if you and i disagree i'm like well i'm right and you're wrong but if, <laughs> if he and i disagree i'm like well i'm right and he, i'm wrong and he's right so how do i how do i be more like what he understands uh so he's, he's just a, a really good leader for everyone in the space uh, and then patricia worthalter he's the founder of poet um he he kind of adopted eastaker early on uh and was like hey can i can i hang out with your group and we're like sure um and he <laughs> Come just on in. yeah he just brought a lot of um, a lot of wisdom and like a lot of uh, just good common sense to how we might operate things. Uh, and it's a little humbling to me because both of those guys are younger than I am. Um, and they're both like better at what they do. Um, I I'm okay acknowledging <laughs> yeah. that, but it's, it's like that neat opportunity to just see people who are really skilled at their craft and, and have an opportunity to learn from. So I love that. Yeah. I love POAP and the whole POAP scene. It's like, it's really awesome what they're doing and how they're doing it because again like the whole hot topic of ethereum is gas costs and gas fees and it's hard to do any transactions for fun because it costs so much money WAP is a great way to show like here's some fun things we can do in our industry and ownership and having these proof of attendance protocols and just like it's such a fun scene i love having them and yeah what they're doing is great yeah i, I had a lot of fun uh building up the uh rocket pool community um, you know, we, we integrated a lot of POAPs when, so the community was great and it was healthy, but when we introduced POAPs, it kind of just, it, it became like a community on steroids. Uh, like no one wanted to leave the room because no one just knew, in like, case. there might be another POAP. So no one leave. And so it, it ended up like, gosh, you know, we were there 20 hours a day for several weeks and it was really healthy to build the community. Um, and it was so much fun to just integrate that, but it also ended up becoming a victim of, you know, this, this poet farming problem where, um, you know, farmers or bots would just end up claiming thousands of poets almost instantly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, I mean, yeah, bots usually ruin everything, huh? So <laughs> ruin it for everybody else. Um, on that topic, what, I guess, what is your crypto pet peeve that you've been seeing? Uh, so, um, <laughs> my, my personal philosophy um, I don't know if it's philosophy for life or whatever, but it is, it is give more than you take. Um, and so like anytime I'm engaged in something, I want, I want to give what I can. And, and I, I don't want to extract more from you than I, than I've given. Um, and so my pet peeve would be the opposite of that it is it is extractors. It is people who say, I am the most important thing. I need to get as much money, value, time, whatever out of this as I can. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, People, maybe they call themselves investors. I'm just an investor. I don't care about the protocol. I'm just an investor. Uh, I think of those people often as extractors. Mm -hmm. They're not here to um, understand or to grow or to benefit other people. They just want to extract. Uh, and I, I would call that my pet. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, for a while, again, in the crypto industry, I used to just 
learn, try to make a profit somehow by trading or something, or just watch and learn as much as I can from other people's hard work. And I wouldn't even hit the like button on YouTube sometimes. I'm like, ah. Yeah. And like, I guess like as I got older or something where I've been in the scene more often, I finally felt like I have to start contributing somehow. Like it's just, it's just not fair. And I don't, I don't feel good about working or being a part of an, an industry and not giving back. It just doesn't make sense. Like this is a community effort. And yeah, yeah like I, one thing I always say is like a blockchain is only as powerful as a community contributing to it. And this is, you know, this is my method of contributing back, like trying to at least educate people or share what other people have been working on. Just kind of like, this is the community behind what we're building. This is the community behind Ethereum. This is the community behind Bitcoin. This is the community behind whoever. And yeah, that's, I, I love what you're doing. Like it, it is, but it, it was so easy like in the early days. Like if you weren't a programmer, you didn't matter. And mm -hmm. now I really see like anyone who is willing to give time can contribute to what we're doing and you're doing it in your way. And I like, it's really valuable. And I like, I really appreciate that. So Thank it's you. <laughs> kind of anything. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. And yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, it's, it's why I think everyone can do some way, even if it's creating a PO app on your own, it's free, yeah. easy, cheap, like that's a contribution. And we, we were talking about Handy before, like Handy yeah. just kind of steps up and is like, hey, how can I help? And he's like producing and creating things. And I'm like, yes, you are so awesome. <laughs> like, you know, I don't, I don't expect anyone to take a vow of poverty. Like I'm not in this for a vow of poverty. I, I like to benefit, but as I'm on this journey of benefiting, I'm also trying to uh, help other people benefit and to maximize benefit for everyone. Um, and that's, that's really like, yeah, I, I, that is what a community is. Like we are a group of people who want to maximize benefit for everyone. Yeah, so. yeah it's awesome. And yeah, guys, you were saying with Hanny, like, I remember him just always sending me uh poaps like, ah, I just. Rocket Pool's coming out this one. Rocket Pool's coming out this one. I'm like, sweet, yes. sweet. Collect them all. Good <laughs> friend. Yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. He's taught me a lot. So definitely a good friend. Um, And now that uh, you're focusing so much on crypto, you, this is your industry and kind of where you're probably, hopefully, I guess the rest of your life kind of career is heading. Uh, what would you like if, I don't know, if Bitcoin never took off, if blockchain was just failed big time somehow, what would what would you see yourself doing at this, at this time of point? Yeah, so... You know, I'm not really looking for the takeoff. I'm I'm looking more of like um, maybe sustainability, like how uh, you know I I don't I don't honestly pay much attention to Bitcoin at all anymore. Like I, I but I, I focus on Ethereum a lot. And I if if he, if the price of Ethereum stays at whatever it is right now, I don't even know it's three or four k. Mm -hmm. If it stayed there for the next ten years, um, it, it wouldn't run me off. It would just so I would honest I would have two questions. Um, what can we do to improve the value? Uh, in terms of not money, but what can we do to make it more, bring more value to people? Um, and second, I would honestly ask myself, what am I missing that's going on in other places that maybe uh, Ethereum isn't the leader anymore? And maybe I need to um, consider something else that, that if it aligns with my values is something that I want to contribute to. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there are a lot of chains right now i love to call them ETH killers uh yeah I, you know they they have there's so much hype about them and how big they're going to get and how exciting and impressive they are but then i examine their values and find out we're not really aligned uh, and so um I, I will describe xrp because that's something i think it's dead now i don't really know <laughs> but uh xrp everyone's like oh it's gonna move it's the most important thing and yeah. i'm like it's fine like i hope they do well but their values aren't aligned with mine so even if they do well, it doesn't mean I'm going to leave what I'm doing to join them. I hope they succeed, but it's not my thing. Um, so I, I really, probably for the next 30 years, I see myself con continuing to develop positive community within Ethereum. Um, and if Ethereum is no longer 
what it was, then I hope that I have the foresight to find a rich and vibrant community and contribute there. And yeah, that's awesome. And like, I think that's going to be such a, I think community is still, yeah, like we just said before, community is such a huge contributor to any success of any project, not even just in crypto, yeah. but that's how everything succeeds. And, and it's, it's not just, you know, you can, you can have a thousand people in a stadium and have zero community. Um, community really is setting those, those core values uh, and sharing them for everyone's benefit. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that is, is really like my goal is I'm okay calling myself a community leader because I'm, I'm trying to, to set a high positive standard for what our community is and share that with people who don't, who maybe are affiliated, but don't yet know who we are. Uh, and so like, I'm, I'm teaching people, you know, we are, we bring benefits and value to everyone. We're not extractors. Um, we care for the world and the planet. We want the world to be a better place. Hmm. That is who we are as, as Ethereum people. Uh, and that's just what I want to share. Uh, who's the, uh, I guess, what other community do you align with the most then? <laughs> other than, of course, Ethereum, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I, my, my communities, I, I think there are four right now. I actually wrote them down the other day because I was like, these are things that I need to make sure that I, um, so, uh, overall Ethereum, like the global scope of Ethereum, that's who I am. Um, ETH staker is, is my, my highest, uh, alignment. Um, and then you have things like ETH finance and rocket pool, and they're probably there. Uh, and then next would be ENS. Uh, and that's sort of a happy accident because, um, I was, chosen by a lot of people as an ENS delegate. And so that, yeah, I saw that, that. makes me feel like, oh, I, I've always loved ENS, but I now I recognize that I have some responsibility here. So um, how do you I feel about say, that? And, and POAP also, POAP yeah. is, is probably up there as well. How do you feel about being a uh, oh, poor uh, ENS delegate? So I'm super honored. Like, it's weird. I um, I did not expect it to happen like that. Like I, I did apply um, and JT Nickel is is another uh, a friend of mine from eFinance. And I really thought that I would be promoting him. Uh, but I guess for whatever reason, he didn't apply or didn't work out. Uh, and so I was like, well, uh, let me you know, look for some other people who I think would do a great job. And it's funny because I, I didn't know a ton of the delegates. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as I'm watching, like, I just I kept getting more and more delegations. And I was like, oh, well, this this might be a thing that's going to happen. So it, it was it was really a pleasant surprise. Like I, I know I have some friends. I have maybe a lot of friends, but I just didn't expect to have that many delegates. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a community leader. Because yeah, yeah. And JT, I, I know from Grid Plus, I had Justin on here too, which was awesome. Yes, great choice. <laughs> awesome guy. Uh, he was like not too far from me too, which is awesome. Oh, cool. um, yeah. So that's another great community that I love to hang out with and talk with. But yeah, so like you and I think. Uh, two people that I knew, or I guess three, that were delegates were you, Left Terrace, and Brantley. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Everyone's like, I mean, I love that community too. It's such a great, like, let's get it going, Web3. It's like going to be the best thing. And such like, that's like positive movement. And I love watching it grow and becoming, like becoming the next big thing, even with large corporations yeah. going into it, which is, it's kind of like we... I guess large corporations always have that stigma, like they don't really care about anything else other than like profits. But it's also nice seeing like, like you kind of need them to help with mainstream recognition. So it's double-edged oh, yeah, sword, it's, but yeah, it's good to see that. I'm still in this transition of, I still think of, of ENS as a tool mm -hmm. rather than a community. And so I, I, I'm moving toward that shift um, because uh, as a tool, like I, I didn't, I'm, I'm obviously aware of the founders and organizers, but I, I wasn't really aware of much of the community behind it. And that's something that I'm, I'm just now getting familiarized with. So, yeah, I think the NFT community really 
push them over with the NFT PFPs. And that's POAP helped a lot too, because mm -hmm. it, you know, in POAP, you kind of need to have an ENS to have a recognizable wallet. Like we, mm -hmm. we always like push, you know, get an ENS. Um, and so I, I would say there's a very strong NFT community and a very strong POAP community. And I definitely fall more into the POAP side of that. Um, for sure. Because I, I haven't, if you look at my wallet, like I've blown too much money on NFTs. That's just, that's me having fun being stupid. Um, I don't really think there's a ton of value in these, in the, what I call the JPEG NFTs. Um, so I, it's not really my thing, uh, but I do love that it has uh, helped our ecosystem make progress. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the thing about, one thing I like noticed, like, different trends of the crypto industry is how, like, at a certain point, like, oh, everyone's working together. There's Bitcoin, Ethereum. Pure coin, all these like Litecoin, everyone's like, yeah, yes. all happy and figuring out blockchain's gonna change the world. Then it's becoming like more separated and like, nah, you suck, you're the terrible one. We're gonna become the ETH killer, we're gonna become Bitcoin killer. And we're yeah. gonna it's like, what do you this isn't the message that was originally created back in two thousand like nine, ten, eleven. Like this wasn't wasn't the goal. And I hate like that. I don't know what happened, but it feels like the whole blockchain crypto industry has like shifted. And I really like what you're doing, like trying to make it realign itself to where we should be going towards yeah i you know if, if I, I tend to imagine satoshi as, as a single individual and i don't know what the truth is mm -hmm. but even though he he launched bitcoin as an open source protocol i don't think that he predicted uh there would be so many splinters uh, and i don't think he could have predicted ethereum uh, based on what he knew at the time uh, but i also like mm -hmm. i can't personify him but i do think this is the right direction for the growth of cryptocurrency so yeah well i think uh i wasn't i think hal finney did say something about needing i guess different layers on top of blockchain just because of transactions and uh, the amount of growth and speed that's needed to actually make this work but yeah and that's you know the the early response uh and i i don't want to spend time talking about <laughs> Bitcoin, talking. but the, the early response to that was like um we want there to be a lot of of uh, altcoins because we're going to find out the things that they did right and then reintegrate them into Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it really seems like at some point Bitcoin is calcified rather than, than growing. Um, and that's okay. Like I'm, I, you know, I still hold some Bitcoin, but like it's fine. But uh, I, I really don't find their ecosystem to be something that that excites me. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and I guess to ask you the, my favorite last question: uh, What is your favorite wholesome crypto moment? Wow, this is gonna. How long do I? Do I have like ten minutes. You can have as much long? as you want. <laughs> Go um, for it. <laughs> we didn't freeze, folks. We were just thinking. Yeah, I, I'm like really. I'm a deep thought. Like, Take your time. Um, you know, I I don't know if it's a moment. I I think it's it's more of an aura. Uh, because I'm like, what what is to me the most wholesome thing in crypto? Um, and it's it's really any any engagement with JT Nickel like Jeremiah, because any time I've I've observed any user interacting with jeremiah he is just like this uh big loving hug like he he treats everyone with love and kindness and that that to me is probably and i know that's not you know this, this insightful moment but just exposure to the way that he treats people i think is so healthy for all of us uh that that to me is the most wholesome thing that's awesome yeah and i love that answer because yeah people make things wholesome and it's always see it's nice seeing that it's getting twitter's getting a little bit toxic and i'm just i'm just always excited when i see something wholesome being said or some argument ending in a wholesome resolution it's just like good people conversating getting to a conclusion and feeling good at the end of the day yeah 
I, I'm really conflict averse. Uh, and so Twitter was hard for me because I, I know it's like a hotbed of conflict and I tend to thrive where I'm not in a con conflict situation. So I, it's very easy for me to just like hide people that are there for conflict. And so I, I feel like right now I don't see a lot of that. I see a yeah. lot of, of in my bubble, which I'm okay with. Like I had mentioned before, I like an echo chamber. In my bubble, I feel like it's it's a wholesome and supportive group. And I, I really enjoy that. Love it. Well, thank you, Super Fizz, for hanging out with me today and loved learning about you and your history. It's probably so much more to discuss, but I'm looking forward to what you're contributing and how you're becoming a leader for explaining staking for us, for people. And I look forward to what you continue on doing. Thank you. And I appreciate you for adding value to the space. I think it's, it's a good model for other people. So thanks for your time. Thank you. See you, everybody.